Hello and welcome to our Mental Health Rocks podcast. We are on a mission to show the world that nobody is and never can be broken. Our episodes are dedicated to helping children and adults reconnect with and really understand their own mental health so that they can thrive no matter what circumstances they face. Your mental health, my mental health, our mental health rocks. In today's episode, we are exploring an old Jack Russell of all things. Um, this is my Jack Russell. He is an old boy now. And what I've noticed recently is that he still wags his tail at one end, but at the other end, he is an angry, growly, barking dog because he can't see very well and he can't really hear much either. And in this episode, Jules and I are exploring really what's going on and how behind all the ground and the anger that wagging tail that same dog is still there hope you enjoy the episode talking about fear when we're in it we can't see anything else from the story part that we're talking about other than this big scary thing that that in in the case of your gorgeous little puppy dog is is seeing as a threat but as you as you just as you say the fact that the tail is still wagging that's the automatic part of him that's just the who he is and his response and that's separate from the actual storytelling part of him so the tail wagging because he recognizes your voice and he knows that it's you then he's got the growling because he's, um, this is a story, watch me make the story up. How I've just decided that this is going on and I've got no idea if it's true, but I'm acting as if it is. And that's what we do in fear and everything else as well. But I just caught myself doing it there. So when he's like hearing your voice, he's, you've, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's mum and dad, whoever it is, right? It's like, oh, they're, they're my people, it's, it's mine. But then it's like, but why can't I see the way it's going on? What's going on here? Don't like this. So then he's, he can only communicate in the way that he can is by growling and telling you that. And, and with the tail wagging at the same time. So it's not that you're actually getting mixed messages. It's just that he's, communic- he's, only, he's only communicating in the, his limited way of being able to do so. And yeah. isn't it interesting that we all do the same thing? Really interesting. That's that's what interests me the most. So, so spending time with him now, and just almost kind of ignoring the be the behaviour, you know, the fear side of it, because the guy is wagging his tail. So mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. rather than then creating my own story of oh, it's just angry, vicious, horrid animal. What's he doing? Like there's there's none of that. It's just like no, he's still there. He's a bit lost with it. But the more that, rather than, do you know what it is? It's right. It's rather than the expectation of him having to adapt to me and what I expect him to be. It is the complete opposite of just adapting to him because he's still there and and 
doing what he needs so he maybe feels a bit safer, which generally involves a very quick scoop under the chest and under the arm to carry him about um, and then just move him around with us now rather than him just kind of wandering about aimlessly. So if we're in one room, we've adapted to say, right, well, let's just put him on the sofa in the living room now, pop a blanket over him, he's content. You know, nothing's changed, he's still there. Just things will maybe look a little bit different at times as well. And it's very much, it just reminded me very much of like working with people. Like we all, we literally all work the same. We're all connected to that kind of bigger space of well-being of connectivity, of, of, of contentment. Um, and we all have a story that plays as well that can lead to kind of a, a creation of fear or a creation of the unknown and the future or this looks like that past memory so maybe we should avoid it. And when it comes to speaking to people, that can just sit to one side for me. And I'm just focusing on their wagging tail. <laughs> because that is the thing that when we're caught up in a load of fear um, or confusion, that is the thing that we miss that's just nudging us in the background to, um, to help us out. We're too busy burrowing about over here, like, oh, my God, I've got to sort this out. And, and the little tail's wagging, we're like, yeah, just, just over here just over here um, and then it be so, so now in much the same way as I don't expect our dog to change so that things will work out I don't expect the people that I work with to change to suit what I think the world looks like or how I think people should work um, it's more listening to them and pointing to what comes up this guiding them. I don't know if that's quite makes sense. It does, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it was, I think it's it's really always interesting to point out when we can see ourselves creating these stories, mm. because then it makes it, it sort of shines the light on it. So like just like I did with the with, with your dog there, I just created the story about how he was feeling and what was going on and what happened to happen with him. And it's so quick and it's so invisible and it's so, it seems so real, but it's not. And when you've got the big scary dog growling and, you know, going to have a snack at you, don't bring that hand too close or I'll have that finger for my lunch sort of thing, right? It's really easy to focus on the big, scary, noisy, growly, dangerous looking thing and miss that little wagging tail. Because that little wagging tail is like not a danger, not a threat not something that we've been conditioned to pay attention to for our own safety. So actually, but we all, one thing we always say is ignore the behavior and look at the message behind the behavior. Yeah. So to me, again, I'm making up this story about the dog that his tail is wagging because that's the message behind his behavior and the growling's his behavior. So the growling is just telling you he's just confused. But the message is he's actually quite happy to see you. He's just a bit confused. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and that could be completely wrong, but that's how it looks. 
and and we've you know if it's our children right you know when we're having an argument well oh our kids are doing something that we we don't think safe for them to do right let's just use the safety one because we went under the fear thing with the growling and we just look and just focus on the equivalent of the nasty growling part the danger the the what you know what what they're doing or what they can do instead of looking again at the the waggy tail afterwards so i've got a, i've got a friend who's messaged me and she's like being driven to distraction with her granddaughter and she's really frightened for it like she's really frightened for for what this this granddaughter is doing and I'm trying to say what, you know, let's talk about the mess of what's really going on behind the behavior. Because who she is is still there. She's still that funny, intelligent, lovely young lady. You've just stopped focusing on that and you're focusing on where you perceive the danger is. And your interaction with her is you're talking to that part of her. So just like you've just said that it's it's, it's us that have to do the adapting, not, not the other person in respect of they're doing what makes sense to them. And until they say something differently for themselves, that's going to be the way that they go on. And that's not that I can hear him barking in the background. He's like, why haven't you brought me in here? Because I can hear Julie's voice. And you know, when I hear Julie's voice, I have to bark. Uh, that's definitely a star you're doing there, Jules. It kind of <laughs> oh, bless him. I'm just going to grab him. I'm on. No worries. Take me audio with no me. So carry on. So I just think, you know, that when, when we're frightened for other people, we can only be talking to the big scary part, the part that we're frightened of. And in essence, who they are is always, always, always they. Always. What are you have you what are you crying to him down? What are you doing to him? Have you shut the door? No, it's open the door, let him out. Oh, right. Yeah, this is the thing. Can't see you, so I think I'll go outside. Uh, <laughs> so he's just pottering about. He's safe, he's all fine, it's all good. Uh yeah, so let me just catch up with what you with what you just said. So the full different aspect of fear, the same sort of thing, won't make my friend. Yeah, so what's what's really helpful by doing by by working with somebody that way is what I find really helpful is that to start with what with what's not the drama, with what's mm -hmm. what's not the big drama, you know, um that, that looks like center stage. Okay, because because if I'm looking at a person as like the performer and oh, here's my story and this is what's going on. I don't know why I just did that accent at all. I've never worked with somebody that speaks like <laughs> thespian language. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, entertaining to watch, potentially. All we do is just get on stage with them, don't we? Yeah, we do, that's right. We, we, have, we have our own stage and um, we sit down like in the aisles, chairs why were they called and and we just they come on stage and then they, they tell the story and we sit there and we don't we don't we're proper creative now this morning so 
Rio, rather than watching the performance that's going on on the stage, you want to kind of see what's going on in the background. Like, where is that performance coming from? Or ideal, or even more, what what is going on in the background that's more more helpful? And and by taking that step back, by stripping it back to that, so that they can see how they're actually being supported for themselves. Uh, without even me needing to be there, really. I mean, honestly, as you know, you don't really need me there as such. Um, and I definitely don't need to teach you anything. Um, when they when they start to get a feel for that, and when we see them fall into that sort of grounding space, then it's a great opportunity to explore the story and how that's being created for them. In, in not just that moment, but but in the you know in the past and stuff as well. But through their own, just through their own exploration, all we're doing is kind of just shining the light on the bit they missed and encouraging them to switch their little mug light torch on and shine it as well. And let's explore and then go from there. So what came up for me with the metaphor that you shared at the stage is that. We can be sitting in the aisles and they come on and they are just giving this big performance. And we've got a choice. We can either continue sitting in the aisles watching or we can actually get up on stage as if it's real and enter the, the play, enter the drama, enter the film for what, you know, we can actually, as if we're jumping into the screen and it's as if we think it's right, it's if it's real by making it more real by jumping into it by adding the drama, by adding our own drama, our own lines to it. Or we can actually still just sit in the aisles and watch it play out, knowing that they're just acting that role at that time and place, not who they are, right? And then just, to, just for the same metaphor, my, my metaphor on that went to, and when that act's finished, you can go into the wings and discuss it. Yeah. Yeah, when that when that act's finished, the curtains will close and there'll be a moment of silence, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, all right, let's get behind the curtain. Oh, let's explore that. Mm -hmm. How did it feel when you were playing that role? Yeah, <laughs> that role look like. I like that. That's really cool. I like that. Nice, yes. nice metaphor. Yeah, isn't it? It's like, obviously, because it is like a stage, you know, and they are, they're because they are, they're playing a role in that particular time, because it's not who they are. I had a conversation again with somebody yesterday, and we're talking about th this person um, talked about how to, 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 to do more or be better in life, you had to be a better person, your identity had to change. I was like, whoa, I don't think that. And I was like, nope, don't. I don't mean that because who we are is always there. The identity is just a belief of who we are. But if we, if we, if we, um, so in the, in the role of the dog, in your, your puppy dog, right? If your dog, your puppy dog takes on the identity of I am a growly, grouchy puppy dog that is going to be the, um, the boss of the house and nobody else is going to get the sofa or the treats because they're going to be all frightened of me and I'm going to have them, right? 
So I went, they were like, well, I'm going to have the chops and the sausages and everything, right? That's like, he could have taken that because that's how his behaviour is. But that's not who he is. He's wacky tails who he is. And everything else. So, yeah, I just think it's, like, it's quite fascinating, isn't it? Quite fascinating. So that was an interesting little um, exploration. Very much so. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that's it for this subject. I think Jules, so really cool to explore with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to find out more about what we are up to in the world, you can follow us on Instagram. Give us a follow at Our Mental Health Rocks. Or you can catch us on our Facebook page, which is Our Mental Health Rocks. Rocks.